0: In sports, the scoreboard doesn't tell the full story, but Netflix does. Stories about dads who happen to be world-class quarterbacks and a battle for the heart, soul, and direction of the multi-billion dollar business of F1. Whether you're a diehard fan or you're brand new, Netflix has the stories for every type of fan. You can watch these incredible sports stories like quarterback, F1 drive to survive, untold, and many more now on Netflix. Wild Country, the challenge of what's outside,
1: brings you closer to what's inside. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, presented by Expedition Enterprises. Waypoint TV. Welcome to the Life Outdoors podcast. Our mission is to educate, entertain, and motivate. We speak life into and through the outdoors. Now join your hosts Nate Bailey and Paige Bailey as we navigate through the mountains of this life. All right, guys, this next podcast we have with us um, the father of of two of born and raised outdoors, and he's probably influenced everybody on born and raised outdoors. But that is Daryl Fisher, and we like to call him Papa Fisher. And uh, I had a chance to hunt with him, and I've had a chance to just be around him. And he's such a good influence for the hunting community and such a good dude that I had to put him on the podcast. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this. If you like what you're hearing, um, help us out by going over to lifeoutdoors.com and get some Life Outdoors good stuff. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff over there, a lot of fun stuff. Welcome to another edition of the Life Outdoors podcast and today with us we have Daryl, Daryl Fisher and uh, you guys might know Daryl from some of the sportsman shows, Uh, you might know him from some videos or you might just know him because he is the father of Trent and Trevor um, and, and Austin as well. Uh, fisher from born and raised outdoors and uh, i know him because i watched their colorado series and i watched him pack into those high mountain lakes and uh, he had probably the best line in any elk video that i've ever seen and you said that (laughs) (laughs) life is a lot more than just elk hunting and i believe that so how you doing i'm doing well mate yeah, you know, one of the big reasons we got to hunt together before. So, the um I got to meet you and I was I was really really pleased to be able to meet you because um I truly do mean that. I think that was probably one of the best things that um has been said in a long time on an elk hunting video. And that doesn't mean that elk hunting was belittled at all. It means that uh we elk hunt for a lot more reasons than just elk. <laughs> oh,
0: I'll tell you, I'm um, over the years I was, when I first started out, I kind of had that mindset. Like if, if I didn't succeed, um, sometimes I was even bummed out for, oh, a week or two after that. And it just took, you know, it, it, it got to where it was taking the fun out of things It just, you just had this, well, it's not necessarily the meat as far as kind of your, it kind of hurts your pride when you don't get one, you know? Right.
1: Yeah. And, and it is, it is still hard. I mean, it's still hard if you don't get one or, or you, you mess up some opportunities. I think that's even harder on a guy. But uh, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on here was uh, you've had three got three boys, you raised three boys and I've raised three boys. And I thought it'd be an interesting conversation about, how to get these guys into hunting but i think before we kind of get into that conversation we have to understand how you got into hunting and when you started and (laughs) and all the bow hunting that you did because it's to me i've had a lot of people tell me i I got into bow hunting in the 80s and a lot of people told me oh man you were way back when it first started and then i'm like no there are guys that were doing this before i did it so oh yeah (laughs) give us a little bit of a a background of your bow hunting and you bow hunted elk mainly right
0: yeah i i actually bow hunted deer quite a little bit too i got into um going over and hunting um actually over near your area i would do that quite a bit and i ended up going to heart mountain a couple times that but that was back when you didn't have to even draw you could just put in for it um but i guess um I started out in 1976, <laughs> I believe, That's and awesome. uh, it was um, compounds weren't even hardly popular. I started out actually shooting a recurve, and some someone talked me into buying a compound, and it was it felt like it was oh about twice as heavy as they are now, but um, I practiced quite a bit and i thought you know i'm gonna see what i can do with this thing and that very first year i was told if i would have joined oregon bow hunters that that year before the season started at that end of that season i would have won oregon bow hunter of the year the very first year i I killed a a five-point bull which was not a monster at all but and i killed a really nice big mule deer and a three or four small game with it i just went crazy and and fell in love with it right off but, wow. and i don't think i've I've ever done any better <laughs> that one year but <laughs> um but i used to take the boys all of we would hit at least three three to five archery shoots a year even when they could hardly even walk they started out with a old myrtle limb with a rope tied on it and some (laughs) i'd buy them five or six arrows and they were usually out of arrows by the time the shoot was over (laughs) but they they um they just kind of carried my passion i they look forward to it and i i did i was cutting timber then and i would pick a weekend and we'd just take off. Even if I think the longest we drove was clear up to around Eugene. And then we'd come down there by uh um, grants pass and went to that chute, you know, a few times, right. quite a few times, but that's kind of where, and then I started them out. They, it felt like when they were 12, 13, they just didn't have the passion to really practice enough. And so I got them into the rifle hunting the first two or three years until they got a little build up a little muscle strength plus had a little more desire, you know, to yeah. to make yeah. a good ethical shot. That, that was my theory. So. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, you got three b- boys. How, how, how early did you start them out?
1: Oh, they were with me. So Gage, Gage, you met Gage. You didn't get to meet the oh, yeah. oldest. Oh, but... yeah. Great.
0: He's a great kid. <laughs>
1: He's fun to be around, isn't he? Oh, yeah. But he, uh, I had him on my shoulders uh, turkey season. Every turkey season, he would be with me. <laughs> most most turkey season. And then Aaron was with me all the time um, from the time. And Aaron's the oldest. And, and then Chase was with us. Chase sometimes didn't want to be with us because uh, – mom worked weekends and some weekends every other weekend so if we went hunting on the weekend chase had to go with us and he was little he's five years younger than gage yeah so gage was 12 that would make him six (laughs) so wow yeah so we used to have to we used to have to um bribe him into going duck hunting because you know it, it could get pretty nasty so we'd bribe him with mcdonald's afterwards (laughs) <laughs> now he's now he yes. duck hunting he could leave it or take it but he does like to he likes to elk hunt and he likes to deer hunt and loves to fish so yeah. that's pretty fun but no you know back to your elk it, you know in the 70s um killing an elk with a bow i bet you there was only a handful of people in this whole state that did that
0: <laughs> you know it you know it wasn't like It was. I'll tell you. It was. It was. It was tougher. It seemed like because I started out and I actually worked with a guy that hired me. I was cutting timber back then, and his name was Ralph Moline, and he uh, he had Abenson Archery, and he he started building those bugles, and he he used me for a guinea pig a lot of times. He go here, try this cow call, and tell me what you think. And so I got to start out, and I got right in on the ground floor of it. And but cool. I wasn't real aggressive. It seemed like if I if I bugled all the time, about oh a third or even more, like half of the elk would bump and run. And it just it just a lot of times it was tough to find a herd. So you kind of got where wow i don't know whether to bugle or not you know oh
1: yeah i played that game for a lot of years
0: and it seemed like the more i just trust trusted myself and at times maybe just cow calling instead of getting aggressive because a lot of these bulls just they were kind of timid but it just seems like the bulls are getting a little more i don't know if it's they're more callable the, the Roosevelt's anyway, they, they're more aggressive than the, the Rockies to me. But.
1: Yeah. 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 I think I hear more Rockies, but I think I call in more and I've never hunted actually a true Roosevelt. I, you know, the, the uh-huh. Roosevelt's I hunt are up in the Cascades. So, um,
0: so they're right on the fence up here. Kind of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some yeah. of
1: them might, you know, they, they don't really look like a Roosevelt in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. they, are they're really aggressive callers when they want to be and for years i i I would call that was another thing i did early on that anybody listen to this don't do this but i would call (laughs) and then set up right as minute i got an answer i'd set up and and then i'd call and then they'd just be walking away and you're like oh man i must have scared them away so i'm never going to call again
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and I, I had that same issue too. I would find the perfect spot to call and think, well, if I can get him to come here, this yeah. would be I- ideal. And and a lot of times they'd already walked through there and, and if they come about halfway and you don't meet them, they might say, oh, I'm, I'm too far away from my cows, you know? Right. Just, right. But. Yeah.
1: You know, and, and I think, um, the minute I started thinking that there was a lead cow in that group and, and it was kind of a matriarchal society to where the lead cow pretty much ran things. That's, mm-hmm. when, that's when I started figuring out that I need to follow those guys. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep. And, you well, know, I was for the first few years too. It, it seemed like, um, I was more of, you know, you could hunt bull or cow, right. Um, towards the last of the season, you know, and I wasn't too picky about it. If a, if a cow came in on a cow call or something like that, I would, Oh yeah. we, we just, we just shot her, you know? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, that yeah. dinner bell is pretty good. <laughs> and,
0: and I've always been that way with the boys and they picked it up off of me too, is when you, when you kill one, it's not, it is, it's, not yeah, you're excited and everything, but, you know, you just got to give that animal the respect it deserves. Plus, yes. it's not about the inches, you know. Yep. I yep. I just cringe when someone pulls a tape measure out and starts doing all that, you know. Just, yeah.
1: You know, we all but, like big bulls, and we all yeah. talk about them, but at the end of the day, that's really the only time I, I even want to talk like that is if there's something that I accidentally got into a big one or something. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then the lore of a big bowl is kind of fun. If there's one that people know about, but I know what you mean by the tape majors or making it. Uh, that's the only bowl that's in the woods, man. Yeah. I've seen some three points and four horns and a four points that have done some amazing things in the woods that are, sure. that's what I like to remember
0: i've saw people over the years that just start out and they kind of have that mentality and then all of a sudden three years into it they're they're discouraged because they never got a big bull they passed up a few raghorns that came in and they don't end up with anything and they just think well i don't this isn't the great the sport for me you know i'm i right. say shoot shoot eight or ten raghorns before you even graduate up if you want you know? yeah
1: yeah i'll shoot first legal elk that comes across me <laughs> Unless, yeah. unless yeah. sometimes a spike depending on how small they are just because <laughs> I, i'm looking for some meat I man I, you know I, um yeah uh that is one th- like a three-year-old five point or three and a half year old five a point has almost as much meat as a big big bull Yeah. But yet it's still tender like a little one. (laughs) So that's, that's kind of what I look at.
0: Yeah. I haven't killed very many, like I would consider monsters, but and and those big ones that you do kind of get that are just dandies. Um, they, they're so tough. A lot of times all you can, you make hamburger at them and then, and the half the crew don't want to even eat. They're just kind of strong, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. My, uh, so Two years ago, I didn't get to Elk Hunt last year. I was in Mississippi. Uh, the The air guard told me I need to be in Mississippi, so I was there. But um, two years ago, we killed we killed four bulls. Gage got a spike. I got a little five point. We got a little four point, and then we got that big um, old old. I bet you that bull was about 10, 10 years old. He hardly had any that teeth.
0: Was, that was a nice bull. Yeah, I saw that.
1: Yeah, he was he was a neat bull, but when we cleaned him he stunk and then when they they pretty much made sausage out of him because he did not eat well at all wow and that that tells me something you know and that one that david killed was that was a four point and it was not that much smaller i mean it was smaller definitely but um meat wise it was like melting your mouth meat
0: so <laughs> yeah yeah
1: i'd almost rather have that one i i would like to see a big bull like that sometime in front of me just i've had a few in front of me like that but um
0: well oh. like Trent's bull that he killed oh, with a rifle yeah. this last year yeah. he's he's kind of in the back with my it's not about points at all but yeah. you know it, it that was that was a pretty emotional hunt too i mean yeah it was a it It's a tougher hunt than you think, you know, you've got all these points and you got all these people counting on you and and it puts a lot of pressure on a person.
1: Yeah. But, and also at the same time, um, you know, getting back to raising boys and hunting, um, and you see it in all the videos that Trent's in and all of his elk hunting and even at at his house, you know, when you go and he puts most of his antlers in the barn, Yeah. um, and he pays respect to those antlers it's not like he's not paying respect to it but at the same time you could tell that there's something there that it's not all about killing the biggest set of antlers out there it's not about that at all
0: and Uh, that's what i'm i'm proud of them about i really am just just to be humble and they are they are good teachers i i feel that i i um i don't know i think a lot of that they they brought on themselves but um I hope that I taught him something about you know.
1: Oh, you definitely did. It, not just yeah. not just them, but a lot of us. Um, you know. So when was that? You guys went to Colorado. That came out in like 2014 or 15. Wasn't it
0: 14? Yeah, I think 13 yeah. or 14. Um, and I didn't I was, know you then. I was 59, and I'm 66 now. So, um, so yeah, that it would be yeah, seven that, years ago. Yeah yeah but uh, that was but the boys to this day you know because i go you know i i the fun kind of got out of it after a while and they said dad that to this day has been the hardest hunt we have ever done you know and as far as like we were putting on a lot of times oh eight eight to to 12 miles in a day yeah. and we were just trying to and it took what was weird is the winds were, we called it the Colorado winds and I remember Ty, he would, <laughs> he was getting so down and I'd try to pick him up every once in a while and he would say, I, I'm i sick of it because you'd get <laughs> yep, a bull yep, going yep. and then they'd get within about 100 yards and then all of a sudden you'd feel the wind change just totally different right to them and then they just shut up and they're gone yeah you know? yeah but we we had that was a tough year it was it really was and it come right down to the wire and you could see how discouraged you're getting that's why i i when they wanted me to talk a little bit and i had never talked in front of a camera in my life and it was tough. Really. I started out about half balling to begin with, you know, (laughs) it's weird. No matter how tough these men are, you get them out there for about a week Uh The and all of a sudden everybody's kind of a crybaby at one point, but I I really feel God is, is starting to tug at their heart a little bit, you know? Yep.
1: I do too. And I, I, that's, you know, that's one of the big reasons that we do the life out. I mean, that is, probably the reason we do there's a bunch of little reasons to come in underneath that of course but um the fact of the matter is we are so much more open to life after <laughs> we've been out there for a while we don't have all this other stuff pulling on us and yeah and, and so you know you were talking about you you hope that you had some influence on the boys well you had influence on the boys that is continuing on now too you yeah. know and that's what i'm talking about is that, not only did you influence me through that video, that was a huge influence on, on my elk hunting. And at the time, I still had boys at home. Quite a few, my, my two of my boys were still at home. And being able to... Oh, cool. Yeah, and being able to, you know, go, oh, man. You know, because, you know, you get in your 30s and 40s and you get very oriented on trying to complete things. Well, sometimes those things don't need completed. You just need to take your kids along. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? and so yeah yeah so that video and i saw it at the full draw film tour that's where i saw it the first time and i was like this is this is this is what hunting is right here this is what hunting is and uh so that influence that's one of the big reasons i always want to get you on this podcast because that was a huge influence in my life raising boys because you were there with the boys and not just your two but you had all those boys and they probably were all over your house way before those videos were
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: I, bet, I bet you it was <laughs> pretty fun at times with those boys around, because I know how we, it is
0: eat my house. We did a lot of, we'd go hunting and fishing. We never really did much on, never really did much duck hunting at all, but, and then they got into it, and then I knew you were big on it, and, and that was awesome when you came over and we went there out of Coquille. That was that was a lot of fun. i I haven't shot a shotgun very much, but I feel like I got the instinct of, you know, I, I, for some reason I could, I seem to do all right as long as my eyes can hold up. You know, I've been having some surgeries on my eyes.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You did well over there. Um, yeah. So good that Gage was trying to get your ducks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. She could shoot a long shot. He's a good shot.
1: Yeah. No we'll have no. to have you come over here um this next yeah. duck season and and show you some of the stuff that we have we do have days that are close to that but that day was probably one of the best days that I've had duck hunting
0: was it really yeah it was
1: i mean yeah. it was just consistently big ducks
0: you know and it was and it was it was just fun in the blind I oh mean, it was as a far kick. as yeah if you can you know, and you get other stories going and everything, and then all of a sudden the flock of ducks, that's just the icing on the cake as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I I, I, I laugh about that time out there because we had the golden crow going on at that time, and Trevor was pretty heart-set on getting that golden crow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he had two brothers over in the other blind. That's true. <laughs>
0: and, and, you know, I think at times, you know, duck duck hunting and geese and everything it can be a little boring as if you yeah. watch it on yeah. video right. but if you can get a little competition yeah. and that yeah. fun involved right i think i think it, it just puts it over the top a little bit you
1: well know? another cool thing is the way it was set up it was all set up for conservation you know you got points deducted if you shot hens yeah so, so <laughs> i mean that's leopard. just a, that's just a cool thing just that alone is worth it you know so
0: this. The sad part is, is Daryl wouldn't even know a hint. For, I started picking it up towards the end, but I know a couple times that when McGanzer flew over, they'd grab my barrel every once in
1: a while. <laughs> Trevor's real good at that, though. He was keeping you in line down
0: there. No, oh, yeah, not that yeah, one, not I, that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't shoot that bald eagle. It tastes a lot like a spotted owl.
1: <laughs> but the funny thing was about that is... Uh, here here we were sitting down there just trying to BS in the blind, and Trevor was like, guys, guys, there's ducks coming. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. I kind of got where I don't even care if it's on. It was kind of fun talking. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, know. It was you a know, good time.
0: And, but what is funny, um, it is, in a way, when you can invite the young kids in there and just look at that look in their eye and, yeah. and shed a little bit of, knowledge to them and and show them that you don't have to be out there and drink every yeah every night and party It, it to me um i don't know that's why the outdoors i think was such a pull to get it away from the oh the just being on your phone 24 7 and you know
1: oh yeah you know it was definitely something that kept me i knew that going into having boys i i knew that I had to get the outdoors into their life because I know what kind of, um, well, it gets in your blood. I think we're, we're created oh, that yeah. way. I think we're actually built that, that way. And I, oh, think, yeah. I think once, you know, you see it where these non hunters that, um, have not, they've not grown up in a hunting household and they get in their thirties and they start hunting and then they're, they just can't get away from it. And, so that tells me that it's not something that was raised in them. A lot of times it's something that we have in us. And then we, as fathers just foster that we just kind of, um, help that, uh, see grow in our kids. Yes. And I, and I, I think that that I know for a fact, it kept me out of a lot of trouble. It kept Aaron out of a lot of trouble. It kept Gage out of a lot of trouble and it kept chase out of a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah. And, uh, probably got him into some trouble too but you know <laughs> uh, well when Trent and Trevor were in school and everything Trent was like a, a junior or senior he ran around with a couple of kids that were really into the hunting which helped yeah and they weren't some of them might not have been the greatest of uh, but as far as influence but yeah he got to work he would go hunting so much that he'd have his guns in his back seat of his car. And yep. I, once in a while, the principal would call and say, Daryl, you need to get Trent to get those guns out of the car. Every <laughs> once in a while, we have one of them cops on campus, and they, they start searching. And I'll be a, a couple of times the principal kind of steered him away and so he could get, get those hunting <laughs> guns out. But.
1: Well, so I grew up in Chiloquin, Oregon. I don't know if you've ever been to Chiloquin.
0: Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: But the high school there is right on the Sprague River. So okay. So during, during – you could walk up to the dam. There was a dam on the Sprague River behind the high school, and there was a lot of ducks in there. So we would take our shotguns to school, and at lunchtime we'd go out and get them out of our – and we parked at, back by the shop so it wasn't – you know, it was pretty – people didn't notice. And yeah. the people that did notice didn't – you know, it was choking. But um, we would walk up and shoot ducks at lunchtime. And, and then bring them back and put them in our in our rigs back. Well, when I started becoming a senior, they were like, "You guys can't really have your guns on campus." <laughs> and, and so we all started parking off of campus, and then we'd have. To, it just made us have to walk another fifty feet. <laughs> but, oh my goodness! <laughs> but we shot yeah, a lot I, of ducks during middle of middle of the day.
0: The the boys, Trevor, Trevor went to um. You know where milo academy is don't you oh yeah yep and uh and uh well he his last his few years he went to milo academy and and um i'd go over there and trent got involved and um sometimes we'd hunt right around the campus <laughs> they had a big they had a big um garden in the front of the campus and <laughs> <laughs> one time Trevor was driving his pickup, and I think Trent was, vice avert, I'm not sure, but Trent was standing on the back of the box in the pickup, <laughs> and they were driving through the garden area, and shot a nice buck just right out of, off with his bow, and we were, the dean, guy, the dean, I'd stay there on the weekends, and the Dean and I were really good, really close, and he was he would say, "Hey, I don't mind them hunting, but we were seemed like we were getting closer and closer to, <laughs> to the to Milo. But we killed a few nice animals just behind there, you know, and right back outside the fields and the tree yeah. timber there."
1: Yeah, there's but, a lot of animals in there. You know, Milo's but in a good
0: spot. They they got addicted to hunting, I get, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, you know, for young um, fathers that are listening to this now, what kind of advice would you give to them to get their kids in the woods and, and to make it, um, you know, because I've been there, and there's times when the kids really kind of are like, ah, I don't want to get out of bed early and all those things. What kind of advice would you give to those guys?
0: I would I would start them out if they're young like that, start them out get get some earplugs and maybe some BB guns and 22s and just get them out and, but make it fun. Um, we yeah. had a place up at Lakeside and when the kids were really young and I got them all BB guns, but we, <laughs> it, it was pretty controlled. So they wouldn't get out right. there and shoot at each other right. too much. But Becca, my wife, she was really good about this. She would set up, Balloons back huh. in the trees, always all around this place that we had on lakeside, and we would make it a competition. And they had a ball, you know. The balloons would pop and everything. And but, is started out and just make it fun and don't try to drill it into a, you know. And if and if they if they're definitely set against it, maybe maybe steer them towards something else. That's why we would do that start them out young to wear and um build make little targets. Heck my first um my first club that I joined was the Oregon Southwestern Oregon Bow Hunters when we first started it. They didn't even have three D targets. We picked the artists in the group and we started <laughs> gluing giant pieces of cardboard together. That's awesome. And and then we got a sawzall and we'd cut them out. And then some of the animals, like we made a p- big black panther, we'd put black carpet on it and make a giant tail with and just really thick cardboard, and we'd set it all up, and those kids would just, when they saw that target, oh, yeah. they'd just, oh, they were after it. And, <laughs> but just to try to make it fun, you know, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I think
1: that's the biggest thing. You know, and we almost ruined Chase because it wasn't fun. We had to bribe him to go, right? If I yeah. would have been smarter, I would have figured out something different to do for that. But uh, it worked out, you know. And he still likes to go with us, and he goes duck hunting with us all the time. But he's not as hardcore. I mean, Gage, that kid. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's addic- yeah, he's addicted. he's addicted to oh, it. Oh, yeah. But... Yep. Yeah. But um. So what? What are so maybe some of the um. Parents are listening right now, and they're like, "I don't know. I don't know if hunting's the right thing to, to introduce my kid to." What kind of things would you say hunting has done uh, for your kids? And and do you think that it's a good? Uh, I don't want to say pastime. It's it's more of a a life, the way that we do it. Right. Um, I
0: would I would say that um, it's more of it you've got the passion going if you have the passion to do it i mean it's it's it is it it's like anything else it it can be expensive you know you could get all caught up into having the latest stuff but i'm telling you that (laughs) you can start out simple and if if they have the passion but a lot of times is, is if we're too tired or too bored and then all of a sudden one weekend starts into a month and they 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 get out of it it's really easy for them if they're not in very good shape too to just oh boy they get lazy you know yeah
1: oh yeah yeah i know that one i'm fighting that myself
0: (laughs) oh and i know i gained i think i gained probably 15 pounds now since i retired yeah and uh, it's, it's just horrible. I mean, the, if you don't stay on it and get out there and exercise a little bit, it's really easy just to say, well, I just don't feel like it. You know? Right,
1: right. Yeah, Um. so can you – some of the character qualities that you think hunting may have taught your your, your sons, um, I mean, there's stuff – we try to teach our kids a bunch of character things, right? We, we try to be the – but I think – quite honestly, it's just because I introduced them to those character building things. Can you think of anything that hunting might've um, helped with their character growing up?
0: Oh man. I don't know. It seems like the boys, even without hunting, they, they always had this, they just had this drive to, to please people. I mean, yeah. I'm amazed each time when I'm, I'm around them and I'll they will come out of nowhere and all of a sudden like Trent or Trevor will just say this little kid if he if he gets started into it I've seen him just hand him you know a thousand dollar bow yeah. and just say here go for it
1: yeah you know that's that's something that I've seen in both of them and, and I know Trent better than I do Trevor but Trent that's the one thing we sat and talked over a Campfire one night and I, and I told him and I said you know the thing about you is the fact that what you see everywhere is who you are and, yeah. and that giving. And I think that comes from you as well, because I, I saw that. Well, I think, as well. I
0: think you want to, you want to shine as far as, um, I don't know. You just, what would you kind of think about what, what would Jesus do? Yep. You know, yep. I mean, if it was out there, um, and you, you can get vibes off of kids and, and yeah. you know, the ones that, and even the ones that are just, really negative and everything and might you just might need to have to go that extra little mile just to you know befriend them a little bit but
1: yeah um, i i would i would add to that too i think hunting has been a part so in my life um i had a person from the church because i had a real hard time with some of the stuff that i was doing and you know when i was younger as a teenager and i had i'll never never forget his name's dolan and he took me duck hunting, and I shot my first duck with him. And uh, that had a lasting impact on me uh, to the point of we would sit and talk about, I, I look forward to going to church sometimes so I could see what Dolan was up to because he was hunting all the time. And uh, I only went hunting with him once, but that one time was such an impactful thing on me that um, for one, I could I could go, well, you know, this is not just about um, uh, like a, a churchy thing this is his life he's he's a follower of christ and this is his life and you know he's he's not super ultra religious person but he is super ultra ultra always telling me about jesus so that was one of the things that i think hunting did for me um as well and another thing is i think watching my boys go through it having to deal with especially the boys like duck hunting having to be able to be courteous to each other, even though it was absolutely horrible out there at times. (laughs) Or learning to be courteous to each other, I should say. Um, Yeah. Because, man, there were times when we had ice freezing on our jackets, and and that was something that they would have never even experienced if it wasn't for duck hunting.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
0: I've got a a little story, though, that when we were – when we were up there hunting at, um, for Trent's, the big bull, that uh-huh. he was rifle hunting and, and we were all getting around there and I, we all kind of huddled, huddled up there and we had a prayer and, um, Robbie, he, he hasn't been around church much. And he come right out and just said, Hey, you know, what? he goes, I think this is one of the most coolest <laughs> thing I've ever, I've ever heard of. Yep. And, and it was, it did it just hit everybody a little bit just kind of just it it was a it was a moment there where hey we need to rely on somebody more than ourselves yeah
1: have i don't know if you've watched um that series the chosen have you have you seen that it's
0: it's, uh what is it it's out of
1: so it's a series on jesus's life basically is what it is but okay, I think i I think I
0: have saw it, Nate.
1: yeah, and it it puts a it puts a good light on how things really are, and like I like to say it like i I said in one of one of the podcasts I said before is Jesus is the ultimate elk hunter, he's the best elk hunter there is <laughs> yeah he is and, and he loves yeah. to do it just as much as we do, and the fact of the matter is, is you know um he he's a part of all of that, and he loves to be a part of all of that. And a lot of people don't equate that to him. And, you know, if the Life Outdoors can help do that or if – and I, I know, I know that um, people see that in a lot of the videos that Born and Raised is putting out. And it's not one of those things that's, like, ultra-religious. It's it's just following yeah. who you are and being yeah. real, you know, and that's the big thing.
0: I know. You you do get – once in a while, you, oh, yeah. get, you get some negative comments about it. But yeah. But I think the positive outweighs the negative, and who cares? You're not doing it for them (laughs) anymore. I hear
1: you. I'm with you.
0: Yeah. No. And 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 that's why I I really like what you stand for because you you're not afraid to be um, you're not ashamed. You know. Well,
1: the thing is, and and one of the things when I when we came to YouTube, the one thing that I always said that I want to do and that probably what drew me to the born and raised DVDs back in the day like in 2007 and 2010 yeah. and all those was I wanted to see something that was authentic something that was real and if I tried to hide that in me I would be fake and yeah so i mean, and that's why i do what i do but i don't want to do it i just want to be i just want to show what we do <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah. uh, and I saw that in, man, that first, so, what, I think 30 Days was the first Born and Raised film that I watched, and I was like, I was blown away, because I was like, these guys are shooting spikes, man. <laughs> 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 and they're having a ball doing it, like all of us do, you know?
0: That that one day, that one video where they went to Wyoming the first time, I remember, I think oh, yeah Trent killed a spike on that last day. <laughs> they he said that they were so emotionally drained and, but it was, I mean, yeah, to get that pumped over a spike and it it isn't about that. It's not really about it's, it's about not letting your team down. Yep, Kind of. Yep. And about about people, the team is behind you. And sometimes you feel so much pressure, but really they're not, they're not all pressured out on you. It's usually you're building it up for yourself, you know? Yeah
1: yeah and and so bringing that back i think that's something that people see in hunting as well that they don't see in the world around them i mean if yeah. you look at the world around us man people are just you know butting heads everywhere but mm. you get in and you watch just just watch a born and raised video
0: it does get you pumped up yeah. i mean it's it's funny The i mean a little spike and everybody's grabbing and dragging each other around <laughs> on
1: the ground and everything else but <laughs> Working together for an ultimate yeah. goal, you know, and and having to set aside, having to sacrifice for each other. That's why I like that committed sticker, yeah. where a guy's pulling another guy up the hill. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it's all about.
0: And and really, and that is that yep. is that says it all right there.
1: And that transcends yeah. hunting, right? That's life. That's what we tr- yeah. should be doing in life. We should be pulling each other up. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. So the draws
0: just came out today
1: i gotta ask you did you get did you get any tags you wanted
0: you know um i had a i have a i don't know did you ever meet ben vote um yeah he's a i've hunted with uh, ben
1: he's a great guy
0: yeah ben said daryl you got to put in for warner because i got a bunch of points and if you draw (laughs) you and i because i've hunted antelope a couple different times over there and was successful and and he said he's never hunted antelope. He wanted me to put in. I put in. I had nine points and I didn't draw. Oh, so, but and but he drew. Oh. He, I think he had he had eleven. And what we should have done, but I know he really wanted to go this year, and so I didn't want to drag him down right. because it might have pulled him down and neither one of us go. But right, um, no, Ben's great guy. I I love hunting with him. He came down to New Mexico and hunted with Trevor and I. When we went there that one week, and, nice. and we had a ball with yeah. Ben.
1: Yeah, he's a fun guy. I We had a with him, and he's he's just funny.
0: Gabe got, got to a, spend a lot of time with him. He's got a sense him. of humor like no other, doesn't he? Yeah, well,
1: and <laughs> the funny thing was is he had a shotgun that he got from a pawn shop that wasn't working for him.
0: And... Well, you know, right off <laughs> when he was talking about that, I got one from the same pawn shop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did yours work? But-
0: Mine works, but it doesn't shoot three-and-a-halves real well. Oh, uh, gotcha. I, I changed to a different three-and-a-half, and now it, it seems to shoot them. But then the more I shoot three-and-a-halves, I'm hoping it do not work as well <laughs> so I can just stay with the 3 i <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting the same darn shotgun I bought when I was 15. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, if it works, if it works, why go away from it? You right.
1: Yeah. I got an. I got an old eight seventy that just. Yeah. It just it just works. But, yeah, I did draw. So, I drew my Ochiko antelope tag, which I. Beat. Yeah,
0: I saw that on you. You got on Instagram yeah. this morning, and you mentioned that. And I hunted an Ochoco for elk, probably twenty years ago with. My brother-in-laws wanted to go real bad, and I put in and got it, drew it for a rifle, and we actually got skunk. We hunted it for four or five days, and um, we we got into them, but we just never got any shooting at them. Yes.
1: so my grandfather started hunting Ochico when it came out of reserve, which was in the 40s, and then our family's been over there ever since. So you
0: know the area pretty good.
1: Yeah, and, and so there's a lot of um, nostalgia, right? for us to be over there and so I'm, I'm hoping my uncle comes over he's the one that really got me and taught me a lot about elk hunting um, uh-huh. and i got a feeling he might come over and uh we have like on we got like a little blind that we've built over the years every time we pass it, it the rule is anybody that's with us and us if we pass that blind we have to put another rock on it <laughs> so <laughs> it's grown over quite a few years but uh yeah yeah we uh I'm looking forward to it. That was a thirteen point draw, so
0: and you're rifle hunting correct
1: i'm gonna try with my muzzle loader, so oh cool, um yeah, it is a rifle tag. I could do any legal weapon, of course, so yeah, um, I don't wanna say this, but if I don't do it, if I can't get it done with the muzzle loader, it's gonna become a rifle hunt real quick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not, I don't blame you. I'm not those that antelope, guy, man. <laughs> those antelope taste pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah, and one of the things over there I would really like to shoot one up where that blind is. Um, just because there's people that aren't here anymore that used to put rocks on that blind. So Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's one of the big things. And uh a lot so I don't know if you know it or not, but I, I was a youth group pastor for quite a few years. And I've taken a lot of the kids over there. So there's a lot of the kids yeah. that were in my youth group that put rocks on that. <laughs> so that's
0: cool. Between all I forgot, of the people. Yeah. I forgot to mention too. I, I led, a, a it's called the pathfinders. It was a boys and girls yep. thing in our church. And I'm, I led it for a few years and that was one of the things that I, I taught our tree. And I, I that's made awesome. lots of phone calls and got a lot of people to donate old, old, um, recurves that weren't <laughs> much pounded right know? right and uh i taught the kids all how to shoot a bow and built we did building fires and just surviving and different things and so i guess that that kind of added to when the kids were young
1: yeah yeah that probably built on everything <laughs> as they were getting yeah. older you know and uh, yeah yeah you know, Cub Scouts and stuff used to be like that, but shoot, anymore, it's it's not quite. Um, I have friends that do the trail life. I think, yeah, it's trail life. And yeah,
0: I've heard of that.
1: Yeah, and they, they are, I mean, they still do a lot of the, the hardcore stuff where you're, you know, build actually letting kids actually build the fires, whereas the, boy, the Cub Scouts kind of got away from that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But, yeah, that's, that, see... I think that's something that we as hunters can pass along to other people too, is, is we help a lot of people throughout, um, just what we do, even on, on screen, you know, the influence that born and raised outdoors has on people. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. I, all you gotta do is go to one of the shows Another and, 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 go to like uh back when the full draw film tour was going on go to the full draw film tour and i mean back when you know born and raised was in it quite a bit and you could see how people the influence that that it gives people and and the motivation also so i i just i don't know i i think hunting is is one of those places for that in the world that we live in now, I think it's one of those places where we could actually uh, affect people around us quite, quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Um, uh, it, it did. It had kind of a, when, when the born and raised come on the, the, I think Cody was really good at picking out certain music that drawed you in too. it. Kind of, you had that family you know, bond atmosphere, you know, too. Yeah. But yeah,
1: Cody, Cody's just brilliant too. <laughs> That's just some brilliant was, things that comes through that guy's
0: mind. <laughs> he, he was really sharp as far as what, how to, how to do, just little things, you yeah. know. Without yeah. without the drone and everything, they did they did not want voiceover. They did not want where you talk about it after you had done yeah. it. They yeah. wanted we wanted it just live and raw. And you do not ever make anything up, you know yeah. that.
1: Yeah. But and, and it's still that way. You know, everything yeah. that I've seen is is still that way. And it's just it's a formula of being that honesty of being honest is always a formula that comes through, it, you know, yeah. you know honesty. Well, I guess back in the day, they said honesty is the best policy. <laughs> right. Well,
0: <laughs> I think anyone, anyone that watches a lot, they can see, see right yep. through it. If you started, because there's in this era, there's so much the old dubbing in on certain things. I've watched other videos that I just, you can kind of figure out what happened, you know, and they just, yeah
1: yeah and i think i think also as a standout as far as youtube's concerned and bringing new people into seeing what we're doing um that's an influence as well and i and i know i know that that so the idea of knowing that comes from something different than just hunting that comes from character and people and yeah those are the things that i think hunting with the right people builds
0: <laughs> and then that's kind of how their base is right off that's what they stood for too and if, if we can't if you can't show something honest about it that's why there was there were seasons that they really did struggle and really had yep. to hunt a lot they and they were i think they were more successful in evening hunts than ever in the morning and that was amazing to me just starting out because I always had my best luck right about an hour after daylight, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: They stuck it it out until dark. A lot of times that last week of season every night and then had to go to work (laughs) too, you know?
1: Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that comes from something outside of hunting that comes from good raisin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the older I get, I, I, towards the end of season i'll think you want to go out this evening uh let's go tomorrow (laughs) let's go go tomorrow morning
1: (laughs) yeah i know i so i didn't draw i didn't draw any elk tags this year and i'm kind of happy about that because i got some some general season stuff that um is hard it's 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 hard and i'm not getting any younger Matter of fact, I got packed goats now because I want to, you know, extend my seasons up in the harder stuff. But
0: I think that's cool. Them goats, the ghosts are pretty personable, aren't they? Oh my
1: gosh. They're, they're, and the characters, they have their own little personalities, each one of them. Mm. And, and ours, of course, were raised from bottles. So they think that I'm, you know, the, <laughs> they think I'm the best thing they've ever seen. But <laughs> and that's how you want them, right? But, um, yeah, like when my dog comes running. When my so when we first got them, they were a little. They were afraid of our dogs, but now they're not really afraid. They just. But early on, they wouldn't run from my dog. They ran to me and then surrounded me, and they were gonna pummel my dog. <laughs> that's
0: kind of how they are. <laughs> they wanted to pr- protect yep. you from the dogs. So. Yep, and that's pretty cool. That's
1: their attitude. Even Bo, which is our lead, his his name's Bo, and he's kind of a turd um he's a turd to the other goats you know you always have one of those in the bunch but oh yeah they're the ones that keep everybody going too but uh even him he he even he even looks up to me so but uh no but i'm almost glad that i didn't draw a good controlled easy controlled hunt um almost glad i didn't draw (laughs) Ghost because uh, um you know i'm getting i'm not getting my knees aren't getting any younger And I, where these elk are, and we got, I got mesmerized by a certain unit that nobody knows about. Nobody even talks about when you're talking elk hunting, but we went in there and that was, there was more elk sign and we didn't see an elk for quite a while in there, but the elk sign was just, it was amazing. And, uh, that's cool. And then that 2020, we went in there opening weekend, I think, or, or Memorial day and we did. We got into a, a really nice six point, but they weren't really rutting real hard. But I want to get in there when they're rutting and going at it, because I bet you there's dinosaurs in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just they don't
1: get hunted, <laughs> you know.
0: Well, that that's cool. How many miles do you got to go in? About eight. So that, that's that's a fair piece, but. Those goats are gonna help. They'll help a lot. Yeah, they
1: they won't be able to do it this year. You know, you got to wait three years for their bone structure. Oh, really? But, but uh, I'm gonna get myself in the shape that I could do it this year, and then we'll worry about the goats later. They could the goats themselves could pack about fifty pounds when they're finished. Okay. So that's that's a pretty good size load. It I mean, really even, is. You know, if they pack out my camp, uh, then and a little bit of meat, I'll pack the rest of the meat. You know, so yeah, yeah. But it's not so much that, that gets us into where the elk are, but if they go down in the canyon, then you're looking at, you know, I think it's probably yeah. four or, or probably about a thousand foot elevation loss to go into that canyon.
0: So deep, deep canyon. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to that and Gage, I don't think is looking real forward to it because he has a special spot for Ochkos, but yeah. But uh, where we hunt oechsels is not easy either, so it's just one of those things.
0: We went, Becca and I went Sled Springs last year, and uh, we, it actually we thought it would be a lot easier, and it was the the darn elk, David Bugle, but they would also run from you once you tried to get it. If you tried to get very aggressive with them at all, they'd just up and run.
1: Yeah, we. <clears throat> So that's one of the big problems. Ouchkos I think has probably more roads than any other unit in the east in central Oregon. Yeah. And so a lot of the guys will bugle out of the pickups which is not a bad deal. But they they'll drive their pickups to to investigate bugles too. So we called in I don't know 10 or 11 pickups.
0: <laughs> they're not bad eating, but they're a lot, they have a lot of <laughs> They're hard.
1: They're hard to penetrate, man. That's true. And, and That's getting true. a broadside shot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, I mean, there were times when we were calling bulls, and we'd hear a pickup coming, and we'd stop calling and hope the bull would not answer or do anything yeah. until the pickup got past us. And, and I mean, we did that a lot, and uh so. That's that's one of the drawbacks of Ochikos. and then of course we've we hunted at rifle season a lot when I was a kid, and now it's a it's a tough. I think it's a really tough unit to hunt for rifles. There's a lot of elk in the unit, but they're they go to private, yeah. You know,
0: so uh, private down lower, isn't it? Kind of.
1: Well, that's the problem with Ochoco is you got a lot of private that's right up in the middle of the national forest, and oh really? Yeah, and and so the ranch. Shh that time of year they're pulling they're pulling you know all the cattle back on the ranch and they do that with alfalfa a lot of times just open the gates and pull the alfalfa through there and so that usually pulls the elk too (laughs) yeah yeah but it's 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 a great unit it's just um man it's if you're going to bow hunt it you got to kind of know it because people are going to push them around pretty good and they yeah by the second week of the season man they're in the holes and so that's that's what actually that's when we like it we, we would rather be pushing. when they get down in yeah. there that
0: you get away from the roads enough yep that we don't yeah. have to
1: compete you know yeah yeah but well i uh hope you guys so you you didn't get your antelope tag did you get any tags at all this year are you going over east
0: no we're just we're just gonna hunt um our old honey holes our favorite spots around close to home right on and uh, and um we'll build points we beck and i both have uh, some wyoming points but we didn't draw but next year we we probably will draw wyoming right but on we're just gonna we're gonna concentrate we got we each got two of those e-bikes we bought some and we've been riding them and i got a trailer for it too but the hard part is is if it's if we get a nasty fire season then they probably won't let you even ride them so but it'll be an option
1: yeah let's hope that there's not a fire season this year not a big one um yeah so if if you ever do draw over there let me know and i'll i I could help you out in ocho's i'd love to help you out okay
0: okay but uh, um
1: yeah. So anyhow, it's great. It's been good to talk to you, and I know you're camping right now, and I know I'm bugging you, so I'm going to let you get going. But I sure do appreciate what you have, uh, what you've done for the hunting community. Um, I don't know if you think that you've you've done much, but you have. You've influenced a lot of people, and uh, your influence oh, I, continues to go. I
0: appreciate that, Nate. Coming from you, that 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 means a lot.
1: Well, and so I always ask people. One last question um, before I get off and, and it's it's kind of a cliche question, but I think uh-oh, people want to hear uh-oh. it. What's what your favorite it? animal to hunt?
0: And I think I already know. Oh, that would without a doubt help <laughs> because once you get once you get one on the ground, you look at it and you go, Oh my goodness, how am I gonna get this thing out? <laughs> <laughs> it's the the meat aspect alone. Um, we just my wife makes a, a taco, we call it Haystacks, but she puts taco meat in with the oh elk goodness. hamburger and we just pile on everything under the sun and just that's one of our favorite meals. And so we believe it or not, I have two freezers and two refrigerators with freezers on top. And um we try to keep some meat oh, in boy. there but and and um there's years we're not successful at all, but we we try to but elk I would say is the is our target animal.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's ours too. That's ours too. Yeah. Gage and mine both and Aaron as well. I um but yeah, right on. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh what you do and uh one of these days I'll get you to come on and talk about your other adventures that you're doing now. You've been in the call industry forever, it seems like now. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about that later. I'm going to talk to Cody about that a little bit too. But uh, okay, yeah. So thanks a bunch for coming on, and uh, thanks for what you did, and thanks for raising such good good guys. I've been around all, well, all three of those guys and the grandson.
0: I know it. We we've, we've got them coming out. I think I've got six grandkids now. So <laughs> we're, there's going to be lots of lots of arrows and lots of bullets. Flying. Yep.
1: Yep. All right. Well, well, thank you
0: for having me on.
1: You bet. Thanks for coming on, and you guys have a great trip up there.
0: Hey, thank you so much.
1: All right. We'll talk to you later.
0: Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Life Outdoors podcast. Join the Life Nation by spreading this podcast, or by going over to our YouTube channel, giving us a subscribe, or even by following us on Instagram. All these things help spread the life. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Keep living.